Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I'm going to jump right into the word this morning. And uh, we're so thankful to be here together. There's so many things that are going on around us. Who, you know, you think about several months ago, things like Instacart or Uber Eats or whatever, all these things for, you know, delivering things. And now, what an incredible business to be in any kind of service where you're delivering something to somebody. It's something that has become very important to all of us because we're, we're trying to change and adjust to what life has for us out there. And so we're, we're doing this and we're doing life every day. And we know the one thing, God is still in charge of everything. So we are... We're just thankful to be a part of his family and, and part of the body of Christ. I was just looking that today's going to be fairly warm, tomorrow's going to be pretty hot. So mid to upper 90s, something like that. So those of you who love that, you're going to be happy. Those that don't, I'm not sure. Suck it up, buttercup? Is that what you mean? No, we care. So if somebody does have need tomorrow and they're in a place where they're just, they're in a sweat box or something, let us know. And we'd be able to help you guys out a little bit there. Well, I want to just continue on in the series, uh, Where is My Anchor? And we've been talking about this for a few weeks. And, you know, that our anchor, yes, we have. Our anchor is something that is important to us. And where we put that anchor is even more important in our life. And, what we're, and so we want to make sure we're anchored in God's word. We're anchored in his principles and those things. And because there's so many things that we can kind of tie our boat up to, so to speak, nowadays. And uh, maybe we're too shallow with our anchor, or maybe we're just, our anchors in just muck and mire so deep in whatever it is we think is truth. When the reality is we need to kind of open our eyes to, to see where the truth lies in, in the sense of having a biblical worldview versus whatever is out there in the culture shift and change all the time. So those things, it's always shifting and changing. So we want to make sure that we're rock solid and our life is built on rock solid on the word of God. Amen? Amen. And so last week I was talking about progressive Christianity and I just wanted to finish up on that today. I had a little bit more to cover and, and so I wanted to jump into that. I'm just going to give you the four quick points from last week. I'm not going to talk about them at all. Then we'll jump into number five. But number one is the progressive Christianity, which we see the movement of that, is there's a lowered view of the Bible. Number two, feelings are emphasized over objective truth. Number three, essential Christian doctrines become open for interpretation. And then four, historic terms are redefined. So we're going to jump right into number five. And if you want to go back, you obviously can go back and either uh, listen to the podcast or watch the video or the the message. Those are all online, citylifewa.com. So number five, this one is really important to us. The heart of the gospel message shifts from sin and redemption to social justice. This is what we're seeing a lot happening. So I want to talk a little bit this morning about this and how social justice is something that we hear all the time. And whatever that means to whatever that individual is, and it could be redistribution of wealth or opportunities, I want what you have privileges, whatever those things are, there's this idea that somebody owes me something that they have. And so if you take redistribution of wealth or something like that, like if Brett had a $20 bill in his wallet and you just went and took his wallet away from him, took the 20 out, 
and walked away. And Brett's like, hey, wait, wait, where are you going with my money? Oh, no, that's mine. You have money. I don't. And you owe that to me for no reason other than you owe that to me. And so there's that thought process that's out there for whatever reason that people feel that there's injustice for them. And so now we're going to talk about justice is important. We understand that. It's biblical and so forth. But there's the social justice, which people really try to put a lot of guilt and shame and fear into people and trying to cause them to believe that whatever they have or whatever's going on belongs to somebody who hasn't done anything for it. And so understanding that, and so the focus is really, it's on, I don't have, you have, and I want that. (laughs) And so they directly attack those who maybe have worked hard. They, they've got a college education. They've worked hard. They, the, or they, they've built a business and they've established themselves and they've, they've worked and worked and worked and they've got something. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, that's not fair. You have that. I don't. I want that. You owe that to me. So there's people who are living under oppression, feeling they're being oppressed by somebody who may have worked hard for something. So it's a challenge out there. And I, I'm just saying that what has happened at the cross for us, gets pushed aside for this other social justice idea. And so there is no doubt that the Bible teaches us that we are to look after those that are in need, those who are poor, those that are oppressed. And we know there's scriptures of that. So that's part of our responsibility as Christians is to do that and do it in a loving way, in a way that is pleasing to God. And and that's what we do. And so that's an important part of Christianity. We understand that. So it's not what I'm talking about this morning. However, the core message of the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. So that's the core message for us. And he was buried, and he was resurrected, and he's alive today. He's seated at the right hand of his Father. He's interceding for us. He's he's cheering for us. He's excited about us. He wants us all to succeed. He's created us equal. We're all in his image. So he has a great plan for everyone. And so he's raising the tide for us so that we all can come up in that together. Unfortunately, we are people of choice. So some people choose to not be in on his plan and others choose to be on his plan. And so the people that don't choose think, well, how'd they get that? I need that, but I'm not going to go the route of Jesus Christ to get it. And so we just look at these things. And so somehow the thought of social justice will replace the redemptive blood shed of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't do that. It won't do that. It can't do that. Social justice and good works become elevated above embracing what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's important to understand. That's not where we are going. What happens is it becomes a constant striving for us. To always get maybe what this that little more, that thing, what are we missing? I, and we're striving to try to get this justice thing. And we, we keep striving and striving, but we don't embrace the free gift that Jesus Christ gave us. We somehow don't believe that that's necessary because we're out there doing something. We're looking for something else. We're looking for an answer somewhere else. I firmly believe that Christianity cannot be separated from the infallible word of God. It's totally connected. If you're a Christian, you need to be connected to the infallible word of God. That has to happen. That's where our anchor has to be. 
and I get it, I hear it all the time. I, I, my ears are out there in the community. I hear a lot from a lot of people. I'm around a lot of people who don't believe in God, who don't believe in the Bible, who, who don't like Christianity. And I get where they're coming to their conclusions because there's so much being fed, so much being fed that they ultimately, whether they're taught it or, or they try to believe and they come across whatever their, the truth for them is. And I, I get that they're feeling that way, but unless or until we come under the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're not going to strive. We're going to be pushed. We're going to be struggling. And it's never going to be enough. And whatever the culture is for the moment, that's a bandwagon that people can jump onto. But it shifts and it changes. And you get left behind. And so, you know, there's things that people can say, hey, if the Bible says we're all made in the image of God, then there must be no chance of us being separated from God. He must just accept us how we are. Well, no, that's, again, that's a, a shift in a belief. That's not biblical. And then there's the others. Well, as long as we show love and take care of people around us, we'll be fine. We don't need the gospel. Well, again, that's trouble. That's a bad place to be. And so I, I will put it this way. It's a relative absence of the vertical. By the vertical, I mean Jesus Christ, God, the Father, the vertical, and we go to him in relationship. And so what happens is there's an absence of that, and they, they take the horizontal of it's everything down here around us and that we can grab a hold of. That's where our answer is. And until we grab a hold of the vertical and put that as our anchor, that as the most important, we'll never get the horizontal stuff right. So we have to realize, I'm not speaking against things. What I am doing is speaking for something, yeah. <laughs> really. It's, it's, this is my heart. I'm not trying to out there and trying to beat a drum to tell somebody they're, they're wrong. That's not my place. But my responsibility is to tell people about the goodness of Jesus Christ yeah. and the saving blood of Jesus Christ for every one of us. Right. The only justification that has eternal value for us is the justification that happens when we say yes to Jesus Christ. You know, there's that justification. I don't know some of you hear the justification, which meaning basically what I've learned is just as if I had never sinned. There's that point where we come to Christ and we say yes to him. That's justification that comes and we say yes. And he said, man, I'm wiping the slate clean. It's just as if you'd never sinned. It's clean. You're before me. And then we have the sanctification part where we're ongoing, it's ongoing for us because we're human beings, we sin. So we're, we're, it's an ongoing process of sanctification. And so I think what's kind of being said out there, whether it's rhetoric or whatever that can be said, is that it's a lack of human will or care that is being demonstrated so that we don't care about people. And that's kind of what's being said. That's why we need the social justice. But the reality is, I believe, as Christians, we should care, and we need to care, and it's important. And so there's this movement of trying to get people to believe that we don't care, that we're not concerned about these kind of things. And obviously, as the Bible says, we need to be. And so what can happen is guilt can be put upon us, where you look at poverty and compare it to somebody's wealth and say, hey, that needs to be mine. Uh, you owe me. You know, I could think about in my own life, back when I was in high school, and I believe I was, uh, I started off actually in my sophomore summer, between sophomore and junior year, I went to work for, there was a guy in our church, he was a sheetrock finisher. And so, 
I just approached him and said, hey, I need some work for the summer. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll hire you and train you. And I think he paid me $2 an hour. You know, you think nowadays, well, you know. But, but I, was, I was wanting to, I wanted to work. Well, actually, prior to that, jumped to when I was 12. 12, 13, 14, when I turned 15, we moved. But 12, for three, three and a half years, I had a paper route. I always wanted to work and gain something for work, obviously. But, you know, you start in a place, instead of me feeling like, well, one of the things I wanted to buy uh, my brother and I, we bought a, a dirt bike together. Well, my dad and mom, they're like, uh, we're not buying that for you. Okay, get a job. Well, I deliver papers. Earn some money to do that. Instead of me saying, Dad, you owe me a dirt bike because I'm your son. No. So work that. So then I finished sheetrock for a summer. The next summer, I worked for a, a painter in the church. I just went, hey, can I get a job? Yeah. Learn how to paint houses to this day. <laughs> And sheetrock finishing, too, to this day. All of these things, they come in handy. And then, and then I went to work for a guy in our church who was a plumber. He was actually a general contractor, but plumbing was his main trade. We built spec houses. I learned the building trade a little bit back then. Plumbing, new construction, all that stuff. So I was learning all of these things. And then ultimately, I was thinking to myself, do I want to lay under houses and get wet for the rest of my life and freeze? And Because I, I just remember in the wintertime, man, it, it wasn't fun. It was brutal. I did it, but, and so then I approached my uncle who owns a business that is still going today and several family members work there, but I remember going to him and saying, hey, um, can I get a job here? Well, I could have easily said, oh, you're my uncle. I want a management position. You know, I'm going to hold out for something. No, I started at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. And I just worked hard. It's all about, well, I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to make myself valuable. And so I did, and I ended up getting promoted and promoted through and, and, and working my way over 23 years in that company. But I didn't, nothing was handed to me. I didn't say, hey, you owe me because you're my uncle or, or you know, any of those things. So you, it, there's this work ethic that we need to have, whatever that is. And so it's important for us, you know, we're not to try to guilt people into giving something using fear. You know, if we don't do this, this is going to happen. If we don't do X, Y, Z, then everything's going to fall apart. Or shame, that's the other part is, well, if you're actually, you know, how can we call ourselves disciples of Christ if we don't do X, Y, Z? And so there's kind of that shame put on. Or the, the moralism part of it is, you know, we should do this, we must do this, we ought to do this. And those are all good, but not out in the context from out from under the vertical that we're talking about today. And so... The key is learning to do the things that Jesus is favorable towards out of a heart that has been changed into his heart. Because Jesus is favorable to these things that we're talking about. He's favorable to justice, all of these things. But we have to do it out of his heart. Look at what his heart is towards those things. Not, it should not be out of being guilted into something or somebody's trying to create. It doesn't come being coerced out of a, a movement, a culture, cultural movement, whatever that is. It comes because we are learning the heart of God. We're learning his heart. We're learning that he loves people and he cares about people. And once we get a hold of what, understand what his love really is and what it means, it becomes very freeing for us. We don't have to walk around in guilt and shame and fear and all of those things. We're free to be able to love people in such a way that, that it's a positive thing, not a beating thing. We're not beating people saying, you better do this or you better do that. 
It's not our job. The, the Holy Spirit is the convictor. It's not us. We just demonstrate the love of Christ. And that's what we do when, when we're around doing things. I want to um, read a portion of scripture. Just This is in Matthew chapter 5. This is the Beatitudes that we're familiar with. But I, I kind of came to this actually this morning when I was kind of going through some, some stuff. So Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3, says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Amen. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Boy, I love this. We realize our need for him. That's the vertical part. It, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who want something. But once we recognize that's our source, he loves to bless. The kingdom of God is, belongs to everybody who will take a hold of it. Verse 4, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. But that's a hard one for a lot of us. Humility, that's a tough road to go down sometimes. I think if we've been around for a while, we've been there. We understand that. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's what happens. It, what kind of goes around comes around, right? We show mercy, we get mercy. You know, we have to be careful of the ones who are swinging that gavel really hard and saying, you have to, you, you know, you did this and you're going to pay. I'm always careful with that gavel these days. Well, I've been through and learned some things. I kind of hold that back and say, that's not my place to swing that gavel because, boy, there's going to be a common time real soon that I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that mercy. I'm going to need that grace. So if we have that and we hold that loosely, that we're not the ones who are out there demanding and saying, you know, you owe me this. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Peace, I love that. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Amen. We know there's persecution that comes. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. There's a connection, there's the vertical. You know what? He covers us. We're going to get persecuted. We're going to get lied about and lied to. And we're going we're to have all this stuff come against us because we're Christians. Because we're Christians. And I, you know, I think about this. There's other religions out there. And why is it, especially in America, seems like, why is it that the attack is always against Christians and against God and not allowing that to have the freedom to have that in our nation? There's not an attack against Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, all those things. Why is that? You ever thought about that? Because <laughs> if you look at it from the enemy's perspective, and actually in a few weeks I'm going to talk about another portion about the enemy and how that came about. It's another story. But he understands and knows the only thing that can take him out is the God we serve. And the biblical principles that we put in place, that creates fear in the enemy. And the enemy then tells people who follow him, you cannot allow this to happen. The enemy already knows there's no power in Hinduism, Buddhism. 
You know, all of those things that are out there, there's no power in that. That's a religion that people believe, but there's nothing there to grab onto to say, wow, we need to be fearful of that. It's we serve a living God who is all-powerful, who controls the entire universe and everything in it and every person. So there's an all-out attack against us, against God, and we have to understand this verse that this is going to happen to us. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be told, laughed at. We're going to be mocked. We're going to be scorned. But we've got to stay in there and we've got to hold on to the truths. Be happy about it. <laughs> be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. You know what? Because we think, I want it now. Eternity to me is where it really is all the focus and the importance of it. This is temporary. This is temporal for us. I think about my dad right now. He's close to spending eternity with the Lord. And, and I've thought about this a lot lately because I, my dad's in that place of transition from here on earth to heaven. It's tough. It's hard for a, a family to go through. We all have been through things, probably something like that. And it's hard. But man, when you think about eternity uh, with Jesus Christ, I mean, that, that should make us pretty happy, especially with what's going on in the earth. Because honestly, I'm thinking, Dad, you know what? You've picked a good time <laughs> to go spend time with Jesus because I'm glad you don't have to continue to, you know, walk through this stuff. We'll take it. You know, we, we've got God's help. We'll take it from here. But, you know, man, you've created a legacy and in in all those things. But I think about those things. So the last verse I want to read, Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. And this is the word of God to us today. So let's lay hold of this today and, and make sure our anchor is in the word of God. You know, because there's people out there who may be listening to me or watching and going, man, I, I'm challenged with this, or I don't agree with what. I'm just saying, go to the word, study it for yourself, see what it says, you know, be like the Bereans and find out the truth for yourself in regards to that. But I'm just... As much as what's going on around us, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the midst of all of this because we serve an incredible God and our trust and faith is in Him. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to sing this song. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 